You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theupc.org. The words that we just sang are uh, words of John Bunyan. You may have noticed that they are lifted from the 1678 classic, uh, Pilgrim's Progress. And if you get behind the work itself to the author and know something about John Bunyan, you will undoubtedly know two things. One is that John Bunyan endured great suffering in his life. But the other is that he lived that life with great assurance. Great spiritual assurance because he knew Jesus Christ is the one to whom he owed his life. Physical suffering, uh, Bunyan spent the better part of 14 years in prison, not simply for his faith, because he had been told that if any time he would simply forsake his call, he could be released. So in a real sense, he was literally prisoned by his faith. And prison's not pleasant in and of itself, but what really caused suffering for John Bunyan was the separation from those he loved, separation from his family. So that he writes, I found myself a man encompassed with infirmities. The parting with my wife and poor children hath often been to me in this place as pulling the flesh from the bones. He had four children who survived the early years, and he was particularly attached to a daughter, a daughter who was blind. Of her, Bunyan writes, Oh, the thoughts of the hardship my poor blind one might undergo would break my heart to pieces. Poor child, thought I, what sorrow art thou like to have for thy portion in this world? Thou must be beaten, must beg, suffer hunger, cold, nakedness, and a thousand calamities, though I cannot now endure. The wind should blow upon thee physical suffering, and yet, in the midst of that, great confidence in Jesus Christ, great spiritual assurance, so that he would write that hymn we just sang. And the line within it, we know that we at the end shall life inherit. We know that. Well, how does one get that kind of assurance? How could we have that kind of assurance today? Well, I think our text answers that question. So I would invite you to pull out your Bible or the Pew Bible and open up to 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 through 13. You'll find that on page 991 of the Pew Bible. And let's stand together and read God's holy word aloud. 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 through 13. And if you're visiting, when we're done reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord. And if you believe it, you can say, thanks be to God. Listen carefully. We're reading God's word. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. 
Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. Please be seated. It's a reassuring thing, this text of Scripture, I think. In it, God gives us a promise. He promises that He will give life to anyone who believes in the name of His Son. Do you believe in that name? I do. Names lie. The name of God's Son is Jesus Christ. And they call me by that name now. They call me Christian. Even the name itself is kind of a promise. His real name is Graceless. You could ask his parents. But now they're mine. My earthly parents have passed away. But I figure that because of this one name, Jesus Christ, I have a heavenly parent and heavenly life. The book says that the God and Father of Jesus Christ has given us spiritual life, eternal life to everyone, to anyone who believes in the name of his son. You know, they really are most adorable. (laughs) They're almost hard to despise. These people wandering about on that old road, (laughs) what do they call themselves? (laughs) No. Yes. Fugitives. Now, that's an honest name. They are so simple. Take names, for example. Yes, names. Now, this fugitive thinks that there is always a substantial correlation between the signifier and the thing signified. Of course, we understand that there is real substance in the name of... You know, the other one. But simply banding about a few smooth syllables does not grant you intrinsic affiliation now, does it? No. I mean, imagine the state of paternity litigation in our day of simply claiming to be someone's child made it so. <laughs> Furthermore, I, I think Buffett. Buffett would be a more suitable name for myself. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't you? As if simply naming yourself filthy rich would be a good way to improve your credit rating. <laughs> Rubbish! No. no. No more than does calling yourself Christian Really, make you one. Of course not. Now, my name is Apollyon. In the ancient tongue, of course, it means destroyer. But you don't think for a moment that calling me that, that anyone then supposes that it tells you the first thing about my character, that would be entirely inaccurate and would be nothing, if not impolite. No, in truth... I am here to serve, to help, yes, to help guide these poor exhausted wanderers back home where they quite belong. So you see, names have very little meaning. It's who you are that matters. (laughs) And how you get back 
to where you belong. Whence come you, and whither are you bound? I am come from the city of destruction, which is the place of all evil, and am going to the city of Zion. <laughs> By this I perceive that thou art one of my subjects, for all that country is mine, and I am the prince and the god of it. How, how is it then that thou hast run away from thy king? Hmm? You know, were it not that I hope that thou mayst do me more service, I would strike thee down with one blow right now to the ground. We fight all the time. I really don't get a why. I don't know what it is. I don't have anything against him, and I hardly even think of him. In fact, if I'm really honest with you, most days I'm not sure I even believe in him. Gosh, that's awful to say, isn't it? Imagine how he must feel. Maybe that's the root issue. Maybe he's just alienated. Then one day, this confrontation. I've got the book in my hand, the testimony of those who saw Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And I'm carrying the scroll that the angels gave me. More about that later. I'm on my way to the celestial city. Then right across my path, blocking my way, trying to send me back this guy, this foul fiend, they call him Apollyon. He's got scales like a fish all over him, wings like a dragon, feet like a bear, and out of his belly come fire and smoke. Wow. I'm thinking junior high must have been a nightmare for this guy. It just reinforces the loneliness theory. And he tells me that I am his I was born indeed in your dominion, but your service was hard, and your wages such as a man could not live on, for the wages of sin is death. Therefore, when I was come to years, I did as other prudent persons do, look out if perhaps I might mend myself. <laughs> did you see that? A moment of mastery. Did you notice? No, I, I imagine not. You all seem like perfectly fine people, even if a bit untrained. Let's hear that last line again. If perhaps I might mend myself. Yes, precisely. Might mend myself. Do you hear the note of resolution in that? <laughs> it appears that our fugitive is doing just fine. We have induced him to think exactly what he must think to come around to his senses. Now, what did we say his name was? Ah, yes, Graceless. <laughs> yes, Graceless, I suspect that you're missing the import of this moment in just the same way that you all are just now. I want him to understand that his life depends on his actions. Yes, there is an immutable law of cause and effect in this land. <laughs> God knows that he helps those who help themselves. Yes. When poor Graceless was bent double over under his burden of guilt, I went to his aid with a certain master, worldly wise man. And he was able to inform him that it was quite unnecessary to travel to this forsaken and dangerous path to who knows where. All he need do is improve his living. <laughs> yes, you know, be a better citizen, 
more good deeds, calisthenics, proper diet, <laughs> lots of good religious intentions, though not too many, no, not too many. Then, worldly wise men sent him along to the town of morality. And he sent him climbing to meet my dear, dear friend, Mr. Legality. Good, graceless, good. Let us make a better man of you, better morals, better ethics, yes. Surely this will lift your chin as you climb higher and higher, the mountain that grows steeper and steeper, and each boulder a new law, harder, harder than the last. Mend yourself. <laughs> Go ahead, and we will be friends again soon. <laughs> there is no prince that will thus lightly lose his subjects. Neither will I as yet lose thee. But since thou complainest of thy service and wages, be content to go back. What our country will afford, I do here promise to give thee. But I have let myself to another, even to the king of princes. And how can I with fairness go back with thee? Thou hast done in this according to the proverb. Changed a bad for a worse. But it is ordinary for those that have professed themselves his servants after a while to give him the slip <laughs> and turn again to me. So thou do so too, and all shall be well. Uh, I have given him my faith and sworn my allegiance to him. How then can I go back from this and not be hanged as a traitor? Faith. Fine. Faith. Believe. Fugitives throw this word around as if that simple word were a, a kind of a cure-all, a talisman, something wonderful that releases the floodgates of abundance into their lives. As though we just can't wait to turn these puny little strays into champions of the universe. The, simply by inviting them to believe. Doesn't anybody want to work for a living anymore? Hmm? You know, sometimes legality lets me down. And I'll admit, the cross is a bit of a setback for me. And they will tell you that Apollyon always loses at the cross. Not so. Not true. <laughs> Gee, uh, uh, the other one is not the only one who can afford to show a little mercy now and then. No, no, no. We can all sweep things under the rug now and then, can't we? <laughs> only I do it with much more dignity. None of those thorns and gore and all that forsakenness. Mind you, I've never actually looked at the cross. I've seen pictures. No! What you will want to do next is to help your friend see how really cruel the other one can be. Yes, hang his traitors, indeed. Because if this is how he would treat his own son, what barbaric atrocities do you think he might be preparing for you? Let's be civilized, shall we? Treason. Thou didst the same to me. And yet, I am willing to pass by all, if now... Thou wilt yet turn again and go back. What I promised thee was before I came of age, 
And besides, I count that the prince under whose banner now I stand is able to absolve me. Yea, and to pardon also what I did as to my compliance with thee. And besides, O thou destroying Apollyon, to speak truth, I like his service, his wages, his servants, his government, his company and country better than thine. Therefore, leave off to persuade me further. I am his servant, and I will follow him. Consider again what thou art like to meet with in the way that thou goest. Thou knowest that for his part, his servants come to an ill end, because they are transgressors against me and my ways. Consider how many of them have been put to shameful deaths. And besides, thou countest his service better than mine. Hmm. Whereas he never came yet from the place where he is to deliver any that served him out of our hands. But as for me, how many times, as all the world knows, have I delivered, either by power or fraud, those who have faithfully served me. And so I will deliver thee. I don't say it's an easy thing. To believe. Not because some maladjusted fiend with sulfur halitosis comes with fiery darts. And not because faith is believing something you know ain't true. Plenty of good reasons to believe. But to believe is hard. Like to be loved is hard. I have a little daughter. I'll spare you the details. But she's frail. And I love her very much. I've shown her my love, but we've been apart now for many years. And I love her from afar. But I just wonder, as she wakes up each morning and parts mustard hair off her brow, if she thinks of me. I wonder if she remembers, though the day be cruel, that she is a daughter. And that she is loved more than daughter ever was. Oh, it's, it's hard to keep believing. They gave me an assurance at the cross. The angels did. Seems a simple thing, but it means everything to me. It's a scroll, a certificate. My evidence, they called it. When I forget who I really am, I unroll it. I read it. They say it is all I need to present at the gate of the celestial city when I arrive. I lost it once. I fell asleep under an arbor and it slid out of my coat. When I woke up, I went on and only later discovered the scroll was gone. It was awful. I lost my sense of assurance. Was I loved? Do I belong to the Lord of the way? Do I have eternal life? I ran back along the path, retracing my steps, weeping until I found it. And then joy, joy as I read... I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, 
so that you may know that you have eternal life. Know, it says. He has delivered me already. I know. His forbearing at present to deliver me is on purpose to try my love. Whether I will cleave to him to the end. And as for the ill end thou sayest we come to. Well, that is the most glorious in the account of those who have gone before. For, for present deliverance, they did not much expect it. For they stayed for their glory. And then they shall have it when their prince comes in his and the glory of the angels. <laughs> Such tremendous pluck, really. <laughs> you have to admire it. <laughs> Tragically misinformed, but admirable. <laughs> oh, it's hard not to get angry, really. They're such simple creatures. And lost. I just wish, for their own sakes, that they would peel back the layers of sheer arrogance implicit in everything that they are saying. Who do they think they are? They claim to know that they are going to heaven. They claim to possess within themselves, right now, in the midst of all their wretchedness, to possess eternal life. <laughs> they claim to be daughters and the sons of you-know-who. Ah! Ah! <clears throat> well, we pray to do well to make sure that they give proper reverence. Even I would not dare to claim such stature. You know, I'll admit there is one perfect one, but one only, only one perfect son, and the rest belong to me. Now, we must make these fugitives see that they have already shown their true loyalty. Thou! Hast already been unfaithful to thy prince. Unfaithful in thy service to him. Now how dost thou think to receive wages of him? Wherein, O Apollyon, have I been unfaithful to him? Thou didst faint at first setting out, when thou wast almost choked in the gulf of despond. Thou didst attempt wrong ways to be rid of thy burden, whereas thou shouldst have stayed to the prince and taken it off. Thou didst sinfully sleep and lose thy choice thing. Thou was almost persuaded to go back at the sight of the lions. And when you talk of thy journey and all that thou hast heard and seen, thou art inwardly desirous of vainglory in all that thou sayest and all that thou doest. It's true. Everything he says, he's right. Even my own heart condemns me. Once someone told me about another pilgrim named Little Faith. He came from the town of Sincere. But while he made his way to the celestial city, he was mugged by three rogues. Faint heart, mistrust, and guilt. They came on him with such a fury Little Faith had no strength to fight. 
They took everything he had. Except, by some unseen cause, they were not permitted to take his scroll. Dear friends, I bet you have already seen the meaning of this even before I have. Although his own heart testified against him, faint, mistrustful, and guilty. And although he had but the smallest seed of faith, he was held fast by the grace of God, which never testifies against one who believes, but always for him. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Which testimony would you believe? Testimony of your heart or of God's promise? For me, I cast my lot with the one who cannot lie and agree with the verse of the wise man who says, He that trusts his own heart is a fool. I tell you finally about Doubting Castle. For I have been even there. And it was my heart. It was my heart that took me off the road and onto a straying path. My heart that made me a trespasser under the green grounds of the giant despair. My heart that left me without hope and losing life in the dungeon of the doubting castle. Do you know how I escaped? It was not by the strength of my heart. No, it was simply the key of promise. The key was the promise that God makes to all who simply believe. I moldered in doubt for days, all the while the key that would unlock my prison hung around my own neck. And though the lock of the last iron gate went damnable hard, turn it did. And believing God's promise, I was free. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Whoever has the Son has the life. Yes, I have been most unfaithful. And it brings me tears to know it. But in the end, it is not the pilgrim's faithfulness that matters. It's the faithfulness of God who makes the promise. All this is true. And much more which thou hast left out. But the prince whom I serve and honor is merciful and ready to forgive. But besides these infirmities possessed me in thy country, for there I sucked them in. And I have groaned under them, been sorry for them, and have obtained pardon from my prince. I am an enemy to this prince. I hate his person, his laws, his people. I come out on purpose to withstand thee. Well, thank you very much, class. Thank you.
<laughs> yes, you've been most uh, attentive to my lecture. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you found our little role play instructive. Mm? Thanks to my um, colleague <laughs> for playing along. Thank you. Looking confused. I love a confused fugitive. <laughs> now, I should not think that uh, you would often come across a fugitive who has such unrelenting assurance. But I always think it is helpful to know just what tactics you might use if you do. So, should you choose to, you've been trained. Thank you. As for you, we have unfinished business. I'll see you in the Narthex. Let's pray. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself is the one who has taught us to teach you to pray, has taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. So we rejoice that by your decision, we are daughters and sons of the great high king. And there be many and many things and many people who come to stand in our way. Yet give us today the assurance that there is no thing and no one who will ever stand in the way of your love. We thank you for that, for the promises of Scripture. And we ask that you give us the grace to hold them fast, even as the sands shift beneath our feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette. To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upc.org slash audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.